Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the History Worth Saving podcast. You can find more online at historyworthsaving.com. Right there, you can sign up for the monthly newsletter, subscribe to the podcast, and even join our Facebook group, where we learn, share, and preserve great American stories just like this one. With nearly 35,000 members, Wade Peebles, his Georgia Folk and Farm Life group, has become something really special. In fact, the community of members have found a digital home on Facebook right there in the Georgia Folk and Farm Life group. But inside, inside they share all types of nearly extinct knowledge. Knowledge of the old ways and the old days around farms and country life. Members there, they also share stories, lots and lots of stories. In fact, that's my favorite. In a lot of ways, Georgia Folk and Farm Life serves as a really big front porch. I don't know how else to describe it. You know, for the last two years that I've been following their progress, and the main reason I wanted to have Wade on this show is that Wade's been able to bridge the digital divide with this group. You see, the Georgia Folk and Farm Life group, they don't just meet online. They actually meet in person. Now, I know what you're thinking. (laughs) These people, why would they meet up? My parents, they can't even spell the word Uber, let alone ever dream about meeting anyone from the internet. But Wade, Wade's found a way. And by the looks of these gatherings that they host, they're about four parts church picnic, three parts family reunion, three parts Georgia folk and farm life stuff. They're just incredible. And here to tell us all about how he's done it. The man who has dreamt all of this up, Mr. Wade Peebles. Wade, thanks for being here. Well, Matt, I appreciate you having me. It it means a lot to me, and I thank you for it. Now, you're talking to us today from your home, and because you live out in the country, as I would totally expect and hope, you're on a landline. (laughs) It's awesome. One of the the last. One of the last landlines. It's not a wooden telephone with a hand crank, but it is a landline. Yeah. Before people start thinking this, because I know like a few of them are going to think, well, this guy, you know, he's probably some hotshot marketing guy from Atlanta that's moved south. But uh, that's not the case. I mean, you you drive a log truck during the day. I, I am the stereotypical Georgia log truck driver. Yes. Isn't that incredible? And yet you've you've pioneered this new group. Well, it's not new. It's a few years old with uh, nearly thirty five thousand members. I, I mean, you say that and, and you think. What on earth are these people craving? And and the the answer is these these old lost uh, knowledge nuggets, if you will. This morning I learned that you shouldn't you shouldn't baptize an egg, and I'm I'm guessing I'm I'm guessing you mean you shouldn't dunk it underwater. So these are these are eggs that are about to hatch. You just kind of sprinkle them with water, and that actually helps the chick get out. I I never knew that. Yeah, that's right. Uh- you know, we have that many members, and we're adding 
uh, I looked this morning, almost 2,600 members per month, and it's a phenomenal growth. And and like you say, people may wonder why. What is it about Georgia Folk and Farm Life? And it's just a community of people that share two things. They have they have a lot of knowledge and wisdom that's set to be lost, and they have a love of not only retaining it but passing it on. So we have we we have a lot of old members. We've got a lot of young members. But the key to it is not uh, it's, this is not about so much history as it is about tradition. Well, and, 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 and right, and I get that. And these things are it's sort of uh, it's sort of like the church in a lot of ways, right? Uh, where where does right. where does the dogma stop and the tradition part begin? So I, I hear you, but but the thing is that that so much of this uh, tradition and knowledge uh, is being lost. I, I give another example: these uh, these fat lighter logs. So we have a farm, right? And and I'm up there, and I'm I'm worried about the old wood stove, and I'm thinking, you know, that there's <laughs> There's got to be a better way to do this. And and then, boom, right there, uh, a whole story on, on fat lighter logs. And, you know, a kid from Texas, we don't have trees in South Texas, not big trees. So I'd never heard of this. And, and, and tell folks what that is, because a lot of our listeners aren't going to have any idea either. Well, along uh, coastal Texas, y'all have them. But uh, Texas being a big state, you've got just about every geography that can be had there. So uh, you can have a lot in Texas. And Georgia's a large state, too. And, and that's part of what uh, Georgia Folk and Farm Life started as just that, Georgia. But it's become much more. I, I, I thought about changing the name, but I had a mutiny erupt when I suggested some of the old <laughs> members. No, no, we'll leave. I don't know if they would have left, but but no, uh, fat lightered is the word lightered is a corruption of the word lightwood and the the longleaf pine that uh, stretched the belt that stretched from Virginia to Texas along the coast about seventy five to maybe anywhere from fifty seventy five hundred miles inland along the coast of the southeast. The uh, longleaf pine, yellow pine species was a dominant pine in that area, and it has a high concentration of raws naturally in it. And uh, those, that and the slash pine were the two trees that were turpentine that were for the naval stores injury, in, industry. And uh, that, that industry uh, helped make it, the tar and things to seal ships where the name came from, naval stores. But turpentining uh, and related chemicals that were got from from the old pine uh, longleaf pines uh, were a great part of our, our uh, culture uh, up to about 50 years ago but those trees just naturally having so much tar in them when they die the hardwood is left over and the stump of the tree will will last for many many years hundreds of years and persist because of the tar in them and you go out and find those old uh, stumps like I say they were called lightwood because they were used for torches and that that term has been corrupted in the south into lightered so lightered is the wood from those old stumps from those old longleaf pines and slash pines they've been gone for years the trees have been gone for years but those stumps remain and uh you can chop them up and splinter them and uh into splinters and they make great kindling they they burn fiercely and they're called fat wood because they burn like uh grease or wood if you burn it for fuel you know it pop and snap they make a lot of black smoke, but they sure are good cannon to get a fire going. I can already hear my uh, my chimney guy saying, "No, no, don't go burning that stuff. It's going to leave a residue." But 
the, the yes. good, the, you just burn a little bit of it to help get the fire right. started. You don't you don't want to you don't want a roaring fire or you know uh, with just fat lighter in your fireplace. I I made that mistake once and almost burned the house down. So yeah. <laughs> my wife, fortunately, my wife was going to church on a Wednesday night, and uh, I had all the evidence of never having burned the house down gone by the time she came home. So, well, yes, see, that's not yeah. a fat lighter fire. Yeah, don't do that. But but I love yeah. that because that, don't I'm, try this at home. <laughs> see. You're missing your calling. What you need now is an 800 number, and it just needs to roll to all of your members. So uh, when, when rookie farmers like myself have a question, we just pick up the phone and, and call the 800 number, and, and you guys answer. I'd like to try that. That would sound like a good idea. But, you yeah. know, Matt, so how this got started, I know you've asked me, asked yeah. me that, and I jumped the gun and go in and say, when, for years, I had a, like many people, I was a lurker on Facebook. I, I had a laptop, and I didn't, I'm, I'm 61 now, and I'm, like I say, I, I like self-deprecating humor, and I always refer to myself as a uh, pseudo-intellectual in uh, a redneck suit. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's the way I've seen myself. And I've, I've also been referred to as a walking encyclopedia of useless information. And I seem to retain the things that most everybody either naturally forget or choose to forget, I remember them. I used to talk to old people when I was a kid. I was that little kid that, you know, would go back inside where the old folks were and listen to them, ask questions. I wish I'd ask more questions, but at least I did ask questions. And when I, when I saw something old or an old way of doing things, even as a kid, as a little boy, I was, I was eagerly interested. So I had all this junk in my head, right? And, when, when uh, I had been on Facebook, and, and one day after just maybe commenting occasionally, but never knowing how to post, I decided, you know, I'll figure this out. I, I want to, and I started uh, in a day. I figured out how it worked, and I, rather than the usual Facebook fair that most people put, I started writing on my page uh, things about the old ways and things. And I had a friend that I had gone to school with and another friend that's, that's a great friend of mine. Both tell me you should start a group. And I was unfamiliar with Facebook groups. I checked into that and I said, yeah, I'll start a group. And I named it Georgia Folk and Farm Life. And looking back, I, I think I, I should have chosen a shorter, a shorter title but um, for it, a name. But it struck a chord and it started growing slowly at first. But uh, it's, it has amazed me. But what, what it is is there were a lot of groups out there where people shared old memories, photographs, and things. But I wanted ours to be different. I wanted it to be more about the people and the things that they recall that uh, that are getting lost. Just small, arcane things, little things, little bits of knowledge and wisdom, and everyday life, the common things. Not very little earth-shattering things are ever discussed on Georgia Folk and Farm Life, but thousands of the little things that made life many years ago. And um, so that's, that's, I think that's what's unique about it, uh, is that uh, we share a, a love. A lot of these people aren't familiar with a lot of it. Like, a lot of city people have been turned on to Georgia Folk and Farm Life. A lot of people that, don't, that live in other countries and other states, we have members all over. But they're they're just there's a unique combination. I post a lot and I write, but I allow. We have a lot of contributors uh, who I love them. They add a a great depth to the group. And then we have people that just post occasionally little things. In the aggregate, it comes up as something unique. 
Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think I think what is so fascinating about this is that you, you know, you've developed a passion for these for these stories and this knowledge, and and you get the fact that this stuff is, uh, you know, it's going away. I can't tell you how many, and I mean this sincerely. I can't tell you how many times I've thought over the last few years that we have owned our farm. Man, I wish my great grandfather was still around to uh, to tell me about this. You know, and a story that comes to mind. Uh, is around hog killing time. He had a knife, and I remember this knife, a big old hickory uh, knife, and he was known for the way that he would that he would slaughter the hog, and at least kill it. I mean, that's a uh, as you know, uh, that's that's a really delicate thing to do. You don't want him to squeal. Okay. You don't want. I mean, there's all this uh, stuff wrapped up in the tradition. I love that uh, how you brought that out. Uh, there's a lot of stuff wrapped up in the tradition of how you do that. And apparently he was pretty good at it and, and would do this uh, once a year and uh, all the neighbors would bring their hogs up. And that was, that was part of it. These folks understood community and that's, you know, you, that's, I, that's the whole thing right there. I didn't interrupt you, but you, the, the, you hit on a key part of our success with Georgia Pokemon Farm Life. We don't just recount the mechanics of how to kill hogs. We talk about how it was a community event. Um, how it was a it was a folk tradition that people got together. There were people. It was a hierarchy. I've written about that. A hierarchy of hog killing time. If you kill, if a person <laughs> killed many hogs, people would come to help. And of co- according to where you stood in that hierarchy, you would take home bits of the hog. Right? The, the, you know, family and and uh, close kin and neighbors might get some of the best parts. Right? Then just folks that were laborers lived down the road that came to help. They'd get the lesser parts. Right? But that was a, that was part. There was a it was a community event. The same with making syrup. If there there's some a lot of people probably that uh, be listening might not be familiar with with um, this time of year is coming up on syrup making time with cane syrup, ribbon cane in Georgia, and that was a community event. Syrup kettles where most farms had them, and and it was not just the 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 syrup cane syrup was so important as a sweetener. But it it was such an important part of everyday life. It was it was such a common food that we don't appreciate how common uh, and how much how a basic uh, ingredient in Southern life that syrup was cane syrup. But it wasn't just the mechanics of making it with a mule turning the sweep and turn the rollers of the old mill and the people, kids and old people like feeding the cane into the rollers and drinking the juice and then the boiling of the syrup in the kettle and how people sat around and watched that and enjoyed it and how hypnotizing it was. It was like a mesmerizing thing to watch that process where cane juice uh, was reduced to, to syrup. But it became a, a community event. People came and, and there was romance and there was intrigue and there was trouble. Kids got their behinds whipped. It was a, just a social event right. <laughs> like no other. Young folks slipped off into the dark at night and cane, cane grindings and syrup boilings and and uh, I'm, there were many uh, children born today because of cane grinders and marriages took place. Uh, but it was just more than just syrup. But when, when you open, for a true Southerner that opens a bottle of cane syrup today, just that smell hits your nose. It can evoke all of that. And that's what we talk about, those kinds of things. It's not just the mechanics of how things were done, but the social impact and what a, what a big part of life these little things were in an aggregate. When you put them all together, that was life, and it means a lot to a lot of people 
to learn these things if they didn't know them or to reminisce and be reminded of them. We have every t- every day, I people say, oh, thank you, Wade, for reminding me of that. I had forgotten about that. Oh, that brought back memories of my daddy, my grandpa, my uncle, so-and-so, my grandmother. And that's the rewarding part of it is when you have people say, it made me think about something or somebody that I loved and had, had forgotten that particular thing. You know, it, it bothers me a lot. Uh, to and I, I talked about this on our first episode, and I um, and I'm going to keep talking about it because it, it really I, I think there's something to this. You know, I I, I love this country uh, more than I can put into words. And the reason we started this podcast and this this whole venture of history worth saving is that we don't know our neighbors, and if you don't know somebody, it, it's really hard to like them. And then it's really hard to empathize with them and understand, you know, their point of view. And I, I worry Great, that amen. I'm, I just yeah. worry that this country Wade is so divided right now. And it, and it has been that, that we don't even realize it anymore. It's, it's turned into this kind of, uh, uh, the, the word that floats around a lot you hear is, is tribal politics and you hear all of this partisan stuff. And the fact of the matter is this Pew study that came out from the Pew research center that uh, talked about how few Americans actually know their neighbors what I find so interesting on this is that this knowledge and this sense of community uh, has been all but lost. And, and here you are sort of a, a cultural warrior, if you will, uh, out there trying to save a little bit of it. And, I, and that's what I hope we can highlight on History Worth Saving are, are people just like yourself that have stepped up to the plate, maybe unknowingly, but have stepped up to the plate and ha- are trying to save some of this. And in the meetups, talk to me about the meetups, because... Man, I wanted to come down to the last one, but we had a we had a tropical storm and we were a little busy up here. But tell well, me about the meetups. Well, the 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 idea of a gathering, uh, I'm not sure how it started. It may have been my my idea or or some member, but um, when when people got so enthusiastic about the group, um, we got to know one another. There's there, we have an amazing number of active members. But we have a core group of hundreds that participate in such a way that I got to know, I know their names and we all know each other's names. And um, it, those people participate uh, more actively than, than many. Many people, you, you know, read, I, can, I, I get insights from Facebook and I know how many people look at things, read things and such. But we have this, this large core group of people that are very enthusiastic, and we know each other's names, and we know a lot about each other only through this group. And so we wanted to meet because the, the enthusiasm level for so much of this is incredible because it, it's, people were starved for a place to reminisce and be nostalgic and, and share little things, little tidbits of life that they just don't have anybody to talk to about it, you know? And they have a burning desire to uh, to talk to people and, and meet like-minded people. That's a very fundamental thing. So the idea of a gathering, we, we had one, and it was fairly successful. Then we had a second. And we, we, I started this group in May of uh, 2016, which is fairly young, and it's a lot of growth to be a young group. But when we get, we, we wanted to get together to put uh, faces to the names and be more than just a a name on a, a Facebook group and a, and a profile picture, you know. And it has been, each one has been better than the last, and we hope to have many more. But the, but the gatherings, I called it that. I came up with the name of the gathering, 
um, because that's what it is. It's, it's just it's, it's a gathering of people with, with similar interests and a desire to meet and talk about things. And at the last gathering, we had uh, we had some great food and we got some great cooks. And that's another part of Georgia Folk and Farm Life. It's part we have people have put a picture of what they had for Sunday dinner on there, and and uh, people love it. They'll get thousands of views and, and likes and reactions, comments. Uh, people will put a, a, a family recipe on there, and then they'll take you know they might pay up a picture of their dog. But then again, we'll have. Uh, you know, plowing with mules years ago and, and how people used uh, common household goods for medicine in the day, uh, from turpentine to lard to spider webs and soot. And then might have one about leather, uh, how important leather was in days past before there was plastic and man-made materials, how leather was dependent on. So you got a, a, so many people interested in so many things, and uh, it's just natural to want to meet one another and uh, get together. So we had preaching and we had hymn singing and uh, separate from the, the meal. We um, So it's it's a day of people getting together uh, with enthusiasm that uh, have nothing in common except a love for Georgia Folk and Farm Life, a and Facebook I, group. Well, and I love how you <laughs> – that's, that's the point here. How, how improbable yeah. is that? But here's the thing. Uh, you don't post a picture on there of your Sunday dinner because you want people to know what you ate. You want to right. remind people that there was a tradition and that there That's was right. this way of life of having a huge Sunday it's not dinner. A, picture you know? of a plate of lasagna, no. I guarantee you. <laughs> right. it's, you know, it's it's if they they put it on there, it's a it's a beautiful ham and a country ham and and some black eyed peas and uh, butter beans and potato salad. And but it's it's fried. grandma's it's cooking, a, you know. Cornbread has right. become it, it has become symbolic of Georgia folk and farm life. Sure. Fried cornbread, I think, is the most popular thing. You, I could write every day about fried cornbread, and I don't think a member would chastise me for wearing a subject out. Right, but it's it's not it's not just the cornbread; it's what it represents, and that's what I think that's is so right. awesome. It, 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 I think that's incredible, and and that's what I'm that's what I'm happy to see being saved. Now, the other part of this, and and this this gets a little uncomfortable because I know you don't like to self promote, but but you you have. Uh, a real gift, Wade, and I guess it's all those miles in the log truck uh, as a writer. And I was hoping that uh, we could, you, you have another little personal deal that you do called Wade Writes, and it's, uh, it's just some of your writing, and I love it. I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Would you, would you humor everybody uh, that, that's listening to this? It's just you and me and a, and, a, and a friend over here listening to all this conversation. That's, that's what I like to say. I know there's a lot of people that listen, but, but what, I, what I love about this is that it's, it's just uh, it's just you and me and Wade, uh, and and that's the great thing about this. Would you would you read us uh, a little something this morning? Or yes, we're and, recording and this so. in the morning. Someone might be listening to it late at night, but I, I, anyway, it's a. It, I'd love to have you read something. Well, thank you, uh, Matt. I, I've always wanted to be a writer, and and I write these. I write the things that the, the everyday uh, little essays and and discussions of uh, of things on Georgia Folk and Farm Life. In addition, I put, started putting short, I write fiction short stories. I love writing fiction short stories and kind of in the, similar to what Flannery O'Connor did. I, I, I would love to be like, like Flannery O'Connor. She's my favorite writer. But um, yeah, I, I started uh, writing these fiction short stories and then eventually started a new group to highlight those Wade Wrights. And this is a, this is a short one I chose. It's called The Old Goblet. He drove with his mother to decide, having left the kids and wife at home. 
he asked her to stay the night with him after they had gone back to their house, and she said no. It was time to go home after they had eaten. They were all worn out, and he was glad that the service went so well and the graveside service, too. It was, as was a custom, brief. Daddy had only been sick for three weeks, and then he was gone. How Mama could stand it, he didn't know. The house was empty except for her now. How empty it would be for her, he could not imagine. His mind went first to his house, so full of noise and kids and pets and life. Then as the headlights hit it, as they had countless times in his life, he saw the old farmhouse he had never seen it before, truly empty. He thought about the times as a boy when he would ride with his brothers and sisters and mom and daddy and the car would turn into the driveway and light up the house. He thought of the times as a boy and a man that he had driven up to his mama's house. And it was funny how we all do that. We say mama's house and referring to the place, even when our daddies are omnipresent. He, the only one still living nearby, he, the baby, her youngest, he felt as if he were a small child again, needing to be lifted up by the strong hands of his mama or by the stronger hands of his daddy. But it was not to be. He had to be strong now. He wondered if his daddy were ever a little boy, too. Really a little boy. It seemed strange that he might have once had been. He wondered if his daddy ever got scared and had a hard time thinking about that. He helped her up those steps, steps that they had all run to death when younger, if they had all were then. Daddy was so strong, so little afraid of anything and anybody, and t but too not afraid of dying. He had wished he would have been a bit scared or acted so for their sakes. He had embraced death without the customary fight all his foes had learned to expect from him. He told his mama he would check the house and go out to turn the heat lamp on at the pump house as it was going to be very cold in the morning. And he locked the back door on his way back in as he would do the front door on his way out. He would stay a few minutes with her, not wanting her to know how much he wanted to be gone, being that selfish little boy, needing his hurt soothed, not knowing how to soothe hers. There was nothing he could say. He had tried saying it all. Words never say enough. As he stepped quietly through the screen porch and into the kitchen, he saw her standing with the old goblet in her hands. She was holding it to the light and staring. It was the only one she had like it, and he seemed to recall her having said she got it long ago in a box of washing powders, a premium, they were called. Again, he watched her look at it as if it were a jewel chalice, and his mind went back to when he was a little boy, very little. He recalled those times when just a little bit of a boy, he would for some reason wake up during the night and seeing the light burning dim in the kitchen, toddle in to join his mama and daddy there. Those were magical times. The other kids, older, asleep, to be up early for the school in the morning. They knew nothing of those secret meetings. Those magical times were just for the three of them, daddy, mama, and him. How special he was and how special he felt knowing it was their secret. It was the same each time, almost like a real dream. He would wander in and they would be standing close together, so close, and there would be the goblet in her hand. In it, she would have put the freshest of light bread pulled into pieces, ladled with milk and covered with sugar. It was mixed with that old silver spoon as she fed herself and Daddy. Then, as naturally as if they were expecting him, she placed a spoonful of cold dessert into his mouth. She never used that old goblet, that old spoon, nor did she ever mix bread and milk and sugar at, at any other time. And they never spoke of it. And the concoction never had a name. It was sweet how she always made it a special thing just for the three of them. He was that sweet, innocent little boy again, as his mind had gone back to those nights so many years ago in this very spot. He was brought back to the present, and he looked at the old goblet much as she had. Then she looked away, and then at him. As she saw him looking, the instant of redness in her face, the hand she threw in front of her mouth, told him all in an instant. The giggles and tears that poured from her told him also. 
He felt like such an idiot. He had patted on quiet little feet all of those times, not as the guest of honor at a toddler's banquet, but an intruder on a lover's feast. Welcome with love, but a tiny intruder all the same. He was so embarrassed, and so was she. Then laughter caught them both and enveloped them, and it was almost felt as if his daddy was still there laughing with them. This terrible day had ended better than he expected, and he prayed there would be more like it to come. Wow. Can't you just see him standing there? You know, how, how many times do you think, uh, <laughs> Wade, people have had that experience? But, uh, but it's that look back, and, and then you realize in an instant, uh, that's all gone. Uh, I love it. What a great piece. The clarity of an adult mind, looking back on it, the child mind that you experience things with, that's, that's, that's a key there that also to the to this process of of having this group that we have to preserve tradition and memories is we we look back and now we see you know one thing matt that i've written about also is how we when we have nostalgia for things we hated at the time <laughs> right. right i mean that is an amazing thing how we we long and have such bittersweet nostalgia for times at that time, we hated. We didn't like. We didn't like a farm. We didn't like working in a family business. We didn't like the thing. We hated it. Uh, we hated our parents at the time, right? When we were young, and there were many times we wished we'd been anywhere but where we were, and we didn't like being a part of that process and that life. But looking back on it, it's one of. We love it with a tenderness that we can't even describe. Well, I that's think amazing that, that we can be nostalgic. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is a natural thing. No one should be ashamed to really, really deep down remember when they're being nostalgic and waxing poetic about their childhood. And, and when they full in the knowledge of how they hated them, there's nothing wrong with that. You shouldn't be ashamed of that. That is as natural as anything in human in the human condition. Well, I love it. And I love everything that uh, that you guys are, are, are carrying on over there. And, and listen, I, I hope that you... I hope that you will uh, will take a look at Georgia folk and farm life, even if you're living in Massachusetts. Uh, you know, you, you, Wade, you, you don't mind if a Yankee signs up, do you? We we have Yankees <laughs> and we love them. We have uh, one of our favorite members, Miss Connie Winter. She lives in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and, and we love we have, and that's just one. I I think Miss Connie is a, is a, but we've got members all over. And it's and that's like I said, I I, I talked about changing the name of just the folk and farm life, and uh, you know they, they, there was a crowd at my door with pitchforks and torches, you know, not literally, but they they threatened a, a mutiny if I had changed the name of it. <laughs> but it, it says Georgia, but it, it's it's for everybody. I think it's great. Well, Wade Wrights is the uh, the group there uh, for Wade's writing, and then Georgia Folk and Farm Life, thirty five thousand members strong. But you know they would love they would love to have you. Uh, sign Amen. up on there, so uh, so go over there and do that. Uh, I, listen, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you, Wade. Uh, you know my new book's coming out, Tales from High Bluff, stories my grandfather would like, and uh, I think you'd like it. I'm going to have to send okay. you a copy of it when it comes out. It's I coming out in December. Yeah, it's coming out in December. Going to be a a lot of fun there to to get that out there. But I would hope that uh, while you're on there poking around Facebook, um, maybe you'd have some advice here, Wade. Uh, History Worth Saving has had a page. We launched a group because you, you can't exchange uh, ideas and stories very easily on a page. So we have a new group, and and, right. and, and I need some help finding these stories, finding people like yourself that uh, that are doing great stuff. So 
Uh, if anybody wants to jump in there and, and share stuff, believe me, we'd love to have you there at History Worth Saving. It's a, a very small group right now of, uh, of folks that, that, that think these stories like Wade's are, are important. And I, and I do. I think that I think we need some help. And I, and I hope you come back on because there's so much we didn't get a chance to talk to today. We're just about out of time. But I hope you'd come back on and, uh, and share some yeah. more. Well, Wade, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And again, uh, it's Georgia Folk and Farm Life there on Facebook. And, uh, and Wade writes, I can't believe we're out of time. But we got to keep I'm these so things short. Time, we'll do it again. We'll do it again, and we'll we'll have everybody yeah. on. Wade, thanks again for I'm coming good. on. All right, Thank talk you. to you real soon. Listen, if if you haven't already signed up for the newsletter, go to historyworthsaving.com. Sign up for the monthly newsletter. We'll keep you in touch with things that are going on. And please, and I and I mean this, uh, sign up for the group because we we have to continue this conversation. Uh, it's it it is absolutely critical that we do it. Next time on this show. I said I wouldn't pre-sell the show because things happen, but I'm going to pre-sell it. We have a lady, young lady, who has sold everything and is embarking on a journey into the woods that's just going to blow your mind. I'm telling you, it, it it is an incredible story. And her journey of going back, back into the woods, uh, is, is just going to leave you... Well, it... it I'm not going to say anymore. You got to you got to stay tuned to History Worth Saving. How, how's that for a hook? We'll have her on next week. My name is Matt Jolly. This has been History Worth Saving, the podcast. The features we have a lot of features on the website right now. Longer format stories. They're still up there, and I'd love for you to take a look at them. But until next time, get out there and know your neighbor. We'll talk to you next week. So long for now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.